Welcome to the University of Adversity, where the only rules of the class is to hold your head up high and keep moving forward. Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And now, here's your host, Lance Ecos. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. I'm your host, Lance Ecos. Today, we got a really special guest coming in from Las Vegas. He's an insurance agent. He's also working on something really exciting, a startup called Manja, which produces gum sourced from Costa Rica. He's also an entertainer, so uh, maybe we'll get him to freestyle for us later. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Brent Fafone, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. And by the way, the gum is actually sourced from Central America, South, and we get some of our ingredients from North America. So it's from the rainforest of the north central and south america oh awesome man that's great so uh fill in the gaps for me a bit man let's let's hear your story let's uh how you how'd you get to where you are now all right so i'm here in las vegas nevada and i went to unlv the university of nevada las vegas and i'm born and raised here this is my town i'm a native my mother's from Nicaragua. My dad is from Ohio. So I did study abroad in Costa Rica. Um, when I was in a university, I went out there during the spring of 2013 just so I could get in touch with my roots. Because, yes, um, my dad, he's what you would call gringo, right? My, my mother's Hispanic. Um, I grew up in a black neighborhood for a period of time. And just my whole identity was in chaos. I didn't know really who I was, right? And I really had to go search to figure it out. Who who am I? So I went back to my mother's land. I went to a border country of Nicaragua, which was Costa Rica. And during that time, I got more in touch with my Latino roots. And, um, you know, growing up in a, in a black neighborhood and having a bunch of black brothers as, as my friends um, growing up, like, that's probably why I fell in love with hip hop. And yes, now I call myself, I'm the gum rapper. Because, yes, right now I'm actually coming out with a mixtape. It's called Listen. It's going to be a dropping on the winter solstice, December 21st. A high-quality uh, story just so you guys can, you know, hear. Um, and I'm really excited to that. And then starting in the new year, my main focus is going to be working on the gum. Wow. Awesome, man. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, – that's that's incredible. I love that. Let's Let's talk about that for a second. So – how man like growing up in that kind of i mean i'm sure that's well that is very common where there's you know you have the hispanic and the black and it's and it's kind of like you're mixed in there and it's kind of it would be tough to sort of identify where you are from from a young age so it it must have been hard growing up but like what was the challenges that you were facing like when you went down to south america or down to central america like as far as like the culture growing up in the states and then going there what was it what was that shift like i mean having to um you know growing up like how was what was the difference well i would definitely say it's a challenge growing up in las vegas for me particularly uh just in regards to my identity who am i as a person because everything's brought here right like las vegas is now getting a lot more culture we're having the raiders coming you know, the Golden Knights are here. You know, they were champions last year. And um, we're getting a lot more culture going on. So uh, it's really great to see what's happening in our city now. But, like, 
growing up, seeing the landscape shift, you know, it was all desert over here. When it would rain, you would smell it, all the sagebrush. Um, you would smell just this really great smell. I loved it. And then there's these open desert lots. We'd always ride our bikes through and get into trouble, you know, like lighting stuff on fire in the, in the little deserts and breaking bottles and stuff. And then, like, you just see over time buildings, construction, everything, those desert lots vanishing, right? And even right now, our uh, Red Rock Mountains here on the west part of town, if you're ever here in Las Vegas, you need to check those out. It's beautiful. They're doing construction even closer and closer to these beautiful lands because the city has just grown so much. But I struggled a lot in regards to, you know, my own uh, identity as, as a person because my parents divorced when I was five years old. And my dad is uh, from Ohio. He's Italian and Greek. And my, you know, I live with my grandparents. I, you know, um, they were my guardians, my custodians, and um, they didn't like my Hispanic side. And my Hispanic side never taught me Spanish because my mother from Nicaragua was always super concerned with learning English. So I never learned Spanish from my mom. And then I grew up in a black neighborhood and I was like, who the fuck am I? Excuse my French, but straight up, that's what it was. And I didn't know who I was. I was, I was lost. And it took me, you know, trial and error to figure it out. You know, I have to decide who it is that I'm going to be. Right. It's up to us to instead of, you know, sometimes learning discuss self-discovery, it's about, you know, deciding and declaring, right, this is who I'm going to be. Right. So that was a big challenge for me. And uh, when I went down into Costa Rica, because I guess, you know, thankfully from my Italian father, you know, he is very charismatic and my mother, very spiritual. Uh, from Nicaragua, a guru actually impacted her community and picked out my middle name, which is Devaram. And so I always got that heart from my mom, which was to, that everybody is, is a friend, you know? So when I went down to Costa Rica, I was able to make a lot of friends uh, because of, you know, the charisma that I got from my dad. I was able to, you know, have an empathy with other people from that heart that I got from my mom. And that allowed me to learn the language fast. Um, there, there is, you know, one story, a challenge that I had where this guy came out of the bushes and, you know, tried to rob us. And I was with some friends and we had to jump off of a waterfall to make it away. Um, but, you know, other than that, it was just such a beautiful experience. Such Latin America is such a beautiful country. I love it. You know, we live in an awesome world. For real. Yeah, no, for sure. So how, how are they, how, when you were younger in the black community, how were you treated? Were you treated the same because like, did they, because of your skin color treat you differently or at that age, or I don't know if depending on the age you were at, if that was even a factor that usually doesn't happen until later on when you go to school and you know, get older, people start to think more on racial terms. But when you were growing up, I mean, I know I grew up in, in an area very multicultural in Edmonton, Alberta. And it was when I was at a certain age, it was every, nobody, when you're young, you don't understand everybody's different colors, so it doesn't matter. But it's not until you get older that you start to sort of develop almost like a hatred, not a hatred, but like that's when people start to learn that. But when you're, when you were younger, was that an issue or, or did they accept you for kind of who you were? in that neighborhood or was it like constantly trying to 
show that you could be them or, you know, did that become, did you learn, did they learn that later on? Maybe just, uh, well, um, to be honest, um, from my older brother, he, he was kind of, you know, the one that led the way. Um, so like, you know, we'd be living in a, some, uh, Donna on Donna street in some apartments. And, you know, when I was growing up and, you know, living with different, uh, you know, my parents going from my grandmothers and grandfathers living with them on the white side of town, if you will, you know, gated community, a two-story home, two-story house, you know, uh, very nice, like almost a mansion, basically. And then I'd go to Donna Street and with my mom, right, like on the weekends. So I'd go to school on one side of town, and then I'd go play on another side of town. And then we, when we got older, you know, we ended up, you know, running away from my um, because we were rebellious. We just wanted to, you know, go be with my mother, right? All kids want to be with their moms. And even though my mom, you know, was from Nicaragua, she didn't have as good of a job as them, never used drugs, always always had a job, you know, but we got, um, you know, through that custody battle through a car accident where my younger sister flew out of the window when I was younger. Wow. And, you know, that's why we got removed from my mother. And we, we always lived with my grandparents. So, like I said, I, I, we went to school in a more affluent part of town but on the weekends we'd go be with my mom and until we actually ended up running away from my grandparents house and then going to school where wherever my mom had us go which was wherever we were living and sometimes it wasn't in the affluent side of town it was more in the hood if you will more black and brown community so in regards to that yeah sure um they'd call me a white boy and you know I had to you know embrace that you know I had to you know embrace love the whiteness in me right my European roots like I was listening to there's a station here in Las Vegas called 88.1 it's a black radio station and they had a gentleman talking on the radio station today and he was talking very like contra against white people and you know that's never going to get anywhere you know like us versus them you know I really dislike that talk you know I don't I don't want to use the word I hate that talk because then I'm just as bad as them. But, you know, in my perception, you know, in regards to, you know, embracing other cultures, it's something that's uh, super important. And in regards to, you know, the challenges I had, I guess, because when you're in high school, um, like who's the cool kids is the kids is kind of like the alpha male. Who's the biggest and baddest? And you could be white or black if you're big and bad, you know, but a lot of times, like, the black kids were the ones that were, like, getting into fights or trying to be gangsters or were, you know, actually, and just tough guys. And maybe they had rough, you know, upcomings in their life, um, if you will. And basically, yeah, we were battle with that. And it wasn't until, you know, like, I fought with them. Like, you know, the my black friends that were my brothers, like, we would fight, like, slap box. And, like, it wasn't until they I earned their respect, you know, we would – like you have to earn your stripes you have to you know be accepted into the culture you know just not like who are you you know once I you know and I would get into trouble to be honest you know we wouldn't be doing the best behaviors all the time you know we would be doing things that is not necessarily legal and essentially yeah the, when, through that you know, we built like a trust and, you know, that's when I started rapping and like, Ooh, he's got flow and 
he's spinning bars and okay. But that got me into a lot of trouble. My, my dad ended up incarcerated. My older brother was incarcerated. I was going down the same route. I got expelled in 10th grade. I got put on an ankle monitor, had a probation officer. I said, I got to be the change in my family's legacy. So I cut off all of my old friends, my black and brown friends. I locked myself in the library. And from there, I just locked myself in the, li in the laboratory, in the library, in the lab. And I was just reading, writing, reading. Wow. Right? How do I make sense of this world? Picking up magazines on entrepreneurship, you know, learning about the margins of, of wineries and just reading the encyclopedias and just reading and, and I, I, that was like the change for me when I just cut everybody off and locked myself in the library. I didn't want to be friends with those guys anymore that I was getting into trouble with because those were the guys that got my brother put into jail, you know, because he didn't snitch on them. And then, you know, I see that, how, how my brother going to jail, how it affected his mind, you know, and it's like I have, to, I have to continually to this day be there for my family. And like I need to, you know, can, can just keep, being it's it's every day it's a challenge that's why i go by that name don conquer because it's for me to conquer myself to conquer my reality to conquer the truth through abiding love and it's it's hard it's hard I, you know growing up here in the city of sin it's hard to be a saint out here you know you see naked girls everywhere it's like how do i block everything out you know what i mean you see half naked chicks on on cars and on billboards like how do i block this out to not like penetrate my mind like you know, these marketing messages, they're powerful, you know? Wow, man. Yeah, it's so true. I can't even imagine growing up in Las Vegas. I've only been there once, and I just, man, man that strip I and everything so, is just insane. I so partied out, dude. I've, yeah. like, I've only gambled on a, on a table, like, one time on a roulette table. I went up, I put $20 on a roulette table, and I said, 20 on black. I didn't hit, and that was it. That's the only time I've ever gambled on a table. Slot machines, I don't do it either because, like, I, when I was in 10th grade and I got kicked out of school and we were, you know, stealing bottles of alcohol from the store and getting drunk and high every night, smoking weed. And, and like, I got partied out. I saw all these people that, whose lives were just, you know, going downhill. I don't want to say going on the trash because everybody lives their own life, you know, experience. But it just wasn't what I wanted to experience in my life. You know, people ending up in jail, having kids young, not having a good careers. And that's the funny thing. The nerds in school become the bosses in adult life. That's why it's super important. Like, uh, formal education makes you a living, but uh, self-education makes us a fortune. Like, I really value education, regardless if it's through formal, because that's how I met the gentleman who put me in touch with you was by going to the university. So really going to university and locking myself in the library and school changed my life, you know, and, and it will continue to do so as I continue to educate myself. Man, that's super powerful. And okay. So you're, you're, you're getting into lots of trouble. You're at that age, you know, what age were you at where you're like, all right, you have your sort of line in the sand. You wanted to move to Nicaragua. And, and, and sort of change everything. Like what age were you at? And once you were there, how did that culture help you overcome what you had just learned for so many years to go to be, because you're obviously, you, you, you're powerful, bro. Like you can hear it in the way you talk. You can hear it that you, you've been through a lot of shit, but like, you know, people can either 
crumb, you know, use it as fuel or like burn down their forest, right? You obviously used it to fuel something amazing. And, you know, what was it about, what was it about, you know, moving there that really helped you make that change? Well, um, I don't know if it was me being out there was the main thing that helped me make the change, but, um, you know, just going to school and, and having all the experience that I did have when I was a part of the university, which does include traveling abroad because it opened my mind up so much. But, you know, I did a lot of other things when I was at the university, you know, really big shouts out to my university because I was I had a radio program. I started my own organization on, on campus called Conscious Development. I was a resident assistant. I worked in the in the gym. They taught me uh, I became a, a in-house registered yoga teacher through the university. Wow. And I went on to continue um, just in 2017. And I got my 200 hour RYT registered yoga teacher training. But what I went to school for was interdisciplinary studies. So it was a major where I merged three disciplines into one and I studied communication, psychology, and marriage family therapy. And, and it was kind of, you know, me doing a self-healing on myself. And that's really, you know, I think what helped me a lot. But bro, it's, it's still a struggle to this day and I, and I have to continually work on myself. But me going abroad and living in Costa Rica, you know, Shouts out to my Tika mama. That was, uh, I had a host mom and, and a family, brothers, uh, two brothers and a dad out there. They took care of me, showed me love. Like I got into touch with my, I got to speak Spanish. And every job that I've had since getting out of school, including the one I'm doing now, working insurance, is because I speak Spanish. It's been a indicating factor to allow me to have a just edge to get the job or to be needed right? More marketable and, and valuable. So definitely that's helped me incredibly. And also in regards to the songs that I write about and I rhyme, like it's opened my mind up so much. For example, one of the things that's uh, really powerful, a big opening of my mind while I was out there in uh, Costa Rica is uh, two things actually. Number one is about the soul, right? In Spanish, that, the soul means the sun. But in English, the soul is uh, tu alma, right? It's, what, is, what is the soul? What is your color, your vibration, your frequency? What is it? Does it ever die, right? What is it? It shines bright. That, and it's like every, within every person, we have a sun. We're a star. We shine. We have to let that light shine. And then everything starts to revolve around us when we get in touch with our soul, right? And then that's powerful. Like, you know, once we're in alignment with that, everything around us starts to get into tune, right? Yeah, man. No, that is super powerful, man. I totally agree with you. I love how you, how you went there with that. Like, um, yeah, I mean, what is the soul, right? There's so many things, but yeah, we all have like a sunshine that's, that's burning bright and it's so unique. There's just so many things and you know, you got to let that, you got to let your flower bloom, you know, you got to let your sun shine. It's, uh, <laughs> it's so it's so important otherwise you're just you're just selling yourself short and you're selling people around you short too because you have a gift to give them and everybody feeds off each other right yes sir we so did. as far as as far as skills obviously you can communicate very well um there's a lot of stuff that goes into you know personal development 
what is like the number one skill for you to recommend or that you've worked on that has helped you become not only get from where you were through all the adversity and shit and the mindset, but like has helped project you in a direction you want to go. You know, is it organizational skills? Is it communication? Is it mindset? Like there's so many things, but what is your number one thing that you've had to work on that has helped you excel? Definitely 100% Lance is organization. That's so critical because I am very creative almost to the point that everybody tells me I have ADHD. Um, And, you know, I love multitasking. I work the best when I'm on full throttle, right? That's when I work the best, when I have multiple projects going on and, but when it's organized, when I I can't, when I'm doing two things at once, something's lacking, right? So it's kind of like if you're juggling, you know, you got to have six balls in the air, but you focus on the one that's right there in your hand at that one moment, right? It's, it's interesting because there's this balance in regards to consciousness that is between focus and awareness, right? And it's a struggle that's as a paradox. They're always uh, fighting against each other. What you being aware of what's around you and you being focused on what's in front of you and what's really important to you. Right. Or, or, and that's a, that's a challenge. That's a struggle. So that's definitely it. Yeah. And it's just being aware of, of that. Some people live their life, not even thinking about these things that we're talking about, just floating around. Right. It's that self-awareness to realize that, you know, we're not perfect at everything. You're not going to be, but the fact that you're working on it and you know what you have to work on and what, you know, what you're good at and what you're not so good at. Is, is the whole, is, is such an important part of the piece, right? Of the puzzle, right? So, um, as far as, okay, so you're doing really, like, you, you've come along, you had this, you, you started to make a shift in your life, you started to grow, you started to do all these things. Now, where are you at now? You know, take us, tell us about yourself, what, what, what matters to you in your life, like, tell us about where you're going, you know, tell us, yeah, tell us where you're at, man. Very good. Thank you um, for those questions, Lance. So, yeah, I would say, you know, secondary to that is like traveling, you know, because, yes, when I after I did that trip to Costa Rica, I in the in the upcoming years, I took a trip down to Belize and Guatemala and, and Chetumal, Mexico, in the Yucatan Peninsula. And while I was out there, yes, I got my uh, advanced scuba dive certification. When I was in Costa Rica, I got the open water uh scuba dive certification and but when i was in belize and in guatemala i I went down there to work on the gum do some research in the trees where we're sourcing for the gum in that uh area down there in the paten region and it's in guatemala and, and i learned i went to this museum i spent a whole day in this mayan museum because again getting in touch with my identity my mother's roots goes back to those mayans likely but still before this year is over i need to get that ancestry.com and really you know dig in to hell yeah man see it more both on my dad's side and my mom's but when i was down there i spent a whole day in the mind museum and i was learning about how they do their math and how they do just these incredible things and i was so blown away about how they have the tikal temple and i was like oh my god because i was at that time in the Yucatan Peninsula of Mexico and I was like this is this is an hour away a few hours away I can go there. I can go see this 
and I, I did end up going and, and seeing that. But another thing that I learned when I was in that museum was how the industry of the economy was passed down from the grandfather to their son, their grandchildren, right? So I was a grandfather and I did my work was in farming. My grandchildren were farmers. If I was a grandfather and I did carpentry, my grandchildren did the same, woodworking. And that's the apprenticeship. You go learn from another person, right? You go learn from another grandfather if you want to learn that. Or you, you swap grandkids, right, to go learn. But that was a big thing for me because, you know, I, I truly believe that my grandparents were in my life for a reason. Even though, yes, I ran away from them to go live with my mom. Like, I believe, you know, the creator of the universe, God, chose my family for me. I just have to, I choose to believe that. Um, so I was like, you know what? My grandparents, they're working in insurance. They've done it for all this time. Before they retire, I need to go learn from them. You know, I was, uh, at that time, I had already been graduated from school and I got, I already had my insurance license, but, you know, it's a, it's a challenging business um, in regards to, you know, sales and marketing and not knowing when you're going to get paid. And, um, you know, I had my grandparents there that could, you know, show me they're badasses in the business, you know, they're kings, they're champions in what they've done. You know, they've lived well from it, retired from it, you know, it's, uh, important skill to, to learn you know financial services is you know a number three industry right yeah. and I would you know go I, I was a financial literacy instructor for a period of time for this nonprofit agency and I would talk to students about you know the top industries medicine technology financial services and education and I decided you know what I just all the signs are pointing to it because on another trip I took down to Peru Shout out to Brandon Collinsworth with Warrior Retreats. They, he took me down there into the jungles and I, 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 I separated myself from all the people on the retreat and I got in touch with the lands. And he, he told us, he said, go, go, you know, while you're out here with the lands, get in touch. Go, the, it has a message for you. It has a consciousness and awareness, these wow. lands. So I, I separated myself. He, he told us all that instruction and I was the only one that went. Everybody else, they stayed in the market. I was like, no, nah, I'm going. Like, even though it was closed, I took a taxi. I went up there, you know, all, all by myself. I got lost up there and I got in touch, you know, with God, with the land, with Mother Nature. And I like asked the questions, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do with my life? And it was crazy. Lance, <laughs> like, wow. there was like a falcon that led me up into the, to the, <laughs> the for real. And we like locked eyes for like 10 minutes. It was crazy. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? And guess what? God didn't give me an answer. You know, the nature did not. They say, you know what, Brent, you have to decide. It's up yeah. to you. You can do whatever you want. So I was like, okay. Yeah, and it's, it's not always what you think the sign's going to be, you know. It shows up in areas where you, you it's not like it's going to say, here, this is it doesn't make it that easy like the bird's gonna fly and say this is the sign it's so many there's things that happen in your life that you need to be aware of right and <laughs> and those are the signs that you got to pay attention to did you ever try like i've heard about the ayahuasca i've been looking in ayahuasca down there that's yeah. another that's crazy man i like did you try that stuff down there no i didn't I, i've done enough drugs in my life uh, <laughs> while i was down there um and you know rest in peace to my grandmothers they like they pass away this this year um, or, or last year, uh, thank you. 
you know, before I went down there. Um, and I didn't, supposedly when you do the ayahuasca, like you get in touch with your ancestors and stuff like that. Like, and I was like, I just felt like they'd be like, you're a dumbass. Like, you know, my Italian grandmother would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like doing these drugs. Like, you know, I feel like now I'd be more ready to do something like that from like a spiritual cleansing, you know, therapeutic, emotional, just cause I've been through a lot of shit and I have a lot of baggage that I need to release still, you know, emotionally. And it's, and if it's in the right space, like now I feel more ready to do, you know, that type of, cause they talk about how it has the spiritual molecules in it, but like, you know, it's sacred, like, you know, here in Las Vegas, um, I think you guys are over in Vancouver, the whole country of uh, Canada, you guys have marijuana legal. Yeah, just recently, just recently, yeah. Yeah, so, like, we've been doing it out here in Vegas, you know, for a time, and it's, like, you know, important that, you know, people, even though it's legal, like, you know, this is the city of sin, quote-unquote, right, come party, get wasted, all that, but, like, you know, on a, like, you know, emotional level, on a therapeutic level, like, it could be good to, you know, indulge a little bit with taste and moderation, I believe, but, like, you know, to a point. You know, and some some of those type of drugs that kind of scare me, like, you know, people be doing like frog poison combo and all this stuff. And it's like, because I've seen, you know, pe people in my family's lives become ruined because of drugs. Like I'm, I, I'm kind of reluctant, you know what I mean? It's like, um, for me that, you know? Yeah, I totally, I, I get it. But here's the thing that th this is the one thing that sucks about the, the all the drugs, right? Like psychedelics. Because psychedelics kind of get grouped in with, you know, the recreational drugs that, you know, the stuff that sort of was man-made and created and became this almost poison to society. So then it takes away from things like ayahuasca or stuff that's like, that's been around for thousands and thousands of years, right? For like spiritual awakening. And I've been looking into it a lot. You know, I watch um, a lot of Aubrey, Aubrey Marcus. He's amazing. And he talks about it a lot. And that's the thing is that we get so, I'm the same, like, you know, I drugs, alcohol, all that stuff growing up. And, and now it makes me afraid to ever want to experience in that, in psychedelics, even though they could be very helpful and very therapeutic. I have right. that, that kind of mixed thought of, oh, is it going to be like this? Is it going to mess me up? But I really believe that it's a completely separate sort of thing that we're not even you know, that it's actually used as a tool, but I've also heard it can kick the shit out of you if you're not ready. Like it's a, it'll, it's the most humbling thing. And that's why, um, I definitely, I I've looked at the Peru. I've looked at going down there and, and, and it fascinates me because I've heard some amazing stories, but I'm still very scared, but I understand where you're coming from. You, you know, after doing drugs, when you're younger, you think, you know, what are people going to think? But I honestly believe that it's more of a medicine right? Those kind of things. And it's because of all these natural plants that were turned into like to drugs now that's kind of made, you know, rotted people's brains in society is kind of all mixed into the same thing, which is too bad, but it is what it is. People are kind of... Lance, I can put you in touch with, cause I have friends right now in Peru. They're giving presents to the kids of the jungles for Christmas and they're making ayahuasca like they're that's what they're doing and it's like all for that spiritual healing and stuff like that and you know I'll, i'm gonna go back down there one day maybe i can take you there with me and, and you know we can do it together down there but 
you know, I want to do it like in a safe space. Like I, I'm kind of like a control freak, you know, and you just relinquish control, you know, and it's like, I just want to make sure I'm in a safe space, you know, because it's, it's really powerful. When I was in Costa Rica, I did this, uh, guided, uh, past life, um, transgression, something like that. Uh, and it, she gets you really calm and it's, kind of just like a guided meditation you know people they talk about like astral projection and stuff like that and it's like you know kind of scary because i mean like but it really i think it just opens your mind like a lot of these things with imagination but you know i i, I know that you know it's all uh, i don't know what i'm saying like obviously you know uh, steve jobs he's he's done something like that and he's he's credited with that to him but uh, one thing that i wanted to bring it back to is like with the the gum that i'm doing like everybody since it's called manja to manja they're like wait what you know they want us to you know put you know like psychoactive ingredients into the gum and that was never the mission from the get-go is to protect and preserve the life of the rainforest since the ingredients that we have in the gum is from these trees that yes wow. the manja used and it's like a sacred tree and you know well like I told you, right now I'm working on, you know, my mixtape. I'm like the gum wrapper. So, like, that's not something that I'm making a batch. I haven't I haven't made a batch this entire year of the gum. I've made about just under 20 batches, like uh, about between 17 and 18 batches of the gum since 2015 is when I started cooking the gum. But like one thing I'm I'm you know it's it's something that it's interesting to me because like I said, when I was down there in Peru and I asked the lands, Hey, what am I supposed to do? And they told me it's up to you, whatever you want to do, baby, you, you can do whatever you want to do, you know? And, it, and I talked to you about like the struggle for organization and creativity. Like there's one part of me that's like, you know, cause I, cause I've been able to work this insurance a career, like as a job. And I know that it could be something that I can work more into helping people with their goals on a more individual basis. And, and that's a struggle, but really like a passion of mine is like, yes, this gum and I just want to make it taste so good. We're working on the, the trademark right now. And that's that's my main focus right now for the beginning quarter of uh, uh, the new year is, yeah, I'm going to be working my uh, insurance job, but I really want to make some really great tasting gum and basically be selling that and, and be putting some CBD oils in it as well. That's amazing. I was going to ask you, so tell me more about this, this tree that you're using for the gum, because that really fascinates me. Yeah. So the tree is the sapodilla tree. Um, a lot of people from Mexico uh, know the fruit of the sapote. So um, that's the tree. And it, the Aztec Mayans, they refer to it as the wounded noble uh, tree because uh, what it would do is it would bleed. And the sap that comes from the tree, they use that for a lot of different purposes, for adhesives, for a, a glue. They would use it like a, a pill. They would ingest it, actually, and burn, the in, uh, burn it as an incense. Um, so it was like a really sacred tree. They would have it, actually, at their city centers. They would use the wood for their weapons and for their homes because it was such a hard wood. And it's really interesting that the um, the bats, they were the natural pollinators of the flowers of these trees. So that's our logo for the chewing gum as well. Awesome, man. 
So next few years, you're, you're going to be, you're going to keep doing the insurance and then you're going to keep building this business. That's awesome. Yes, how, sir. How, how about your, uh, your entertainment business, man? Let's, let's hear a bit about that. Well, it's really, that's just something I'm just, I'm just passionate about. Um, yeah, I've gotten paid from it before, like one time, you know, yeah. $200 just to do a, a spoken word um, at an event when, at UNLV when I was an RA. But, you know, outside of that, it's just something that I love to do. It's just something that I need for my own making sense of the world. Like when I was in that uh, library, locked myself in the lab, I would just take pen to paper making sense of how I feel and it started to turn into rhymes and it started to match the beat and jump off of the paper and I would be in front of people performing and really that's like the reason that I do it like my my whole mission with the with the rapping is is not per se to you know go make money from it it's that kid hears what I'm saying and it touches his life and it changes him is that you know I can go to you know uh on tour maybe you know if i could be like in another country and they don't even know what i'm saying but they're nodding their head to the beat you know i would i would yeah. love right now it's, it's a mixtape you know all the producers shouts out to them that they you know make the beats that i rap onto you know i own the lyrics but um it's, this isn't an album you know maybe one day down the line I'll, I'll i'll make one but i mean you know it takes with the with the organization you know they uh they, I, I consider myself like a renaissance man when they because i like to do a lot of stuff i like to you know be eclectic a lot of things get me curious and keep me passionate but you know um you know that balance between the awareness and the focus right it's like doing one thing at a time you know so um you know in the future down the road that could be you know it's, it's always going to be in me that that hip-hop you know i just I, I love being able to express myself and you know, it's very vulnerable, you know, to uh, go up and, and to talk about, you know, it's, it's therapy for me, you know, uh, and I just, I just love it. So, and it's like, if, if anything that I'm going to do is, is uh, I might as well do it to my best, right? And how I do anything is how I do everything. So if I'm going to make a song, I might as well, you know, instead of just have it written down on a, on a napkin or a paper somewhere, I might as well, you know, type it out, have it, the chorus, have it with the beat have it recorded to a high quality have the visuals to a high quality because why not we live in this day and era that you know we can uh create art and you know art survives past when we die you know i can i, I just i just make this badass video it's called yoda check it out it's on my youtube and i just like damn this is so dope like one of my friends saw me on instagram uh doing the video and she's like oh my god i love that song she's like she was a fan you know she's just a, a follower on my instagram i didn't know her and then she's like i want to help you you know put a video and then we did it and i'm like so excited like you know if i'm blessed one day to you know have a family and grandchildren um i'm like these the kids would love this you know what i mean look that's my grandpa like you know what i mean like that's why i do it because it's you know i'm gonna die one day but i can you know have my thanks to the internet you know, I still live on thanks to, you know, professional recording, you know, any, anytime you do art, you know, a sculpture is going to live on, you know, past. Absolutely, so. man. That's the thing. That's the beautiful thing in the internet, man. You have like, you have a talent, bro. Like you, you need to be like a speaker or a public speaker. You can inspire people, man. Like I'm, I'm already, I'm listening. I'm like, 
man, this guy, this guy can talk, you know, like you got this amazing energy about you and it's, it's great that you've, you've tapped into that and you're, you're, you have different areas that you're channeling and it's, it's just, been, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, man. Like you, you got this, this, uh, charisma. That's just, that's just awesome. So should definitely think about, uh, speaking in front of groups, man. I think you'd be really good at it. <laughs> I, love, I love speaking in front of groups. Yeah. Awesome, man. Give us, give us out of all your, out of all your challenges, all your adversity for the university of adversity listeners out there. Give us your number one tip for overcoming adversity that you would use or that you would recommend to anybody going through a tough time. My number one tip, it would be this. With gratitude and grace, see the attitude in my face. I searched for God today, but he was out of his place. I mapped the constellations and predicted his location. But I really couldn't trace. I was looking for an angel, searching for the answers. Followed something pretty, turned out to be a dancer. Long hair and just swayed to the rhythm of the wind. It probably wasn't God, but maybe his next of kin. They say don't idolize. They say that it was a sin. But how we follow mentors but live in a different skin. If there was two of me, we call it duplication. That's how you build a team. Strong exponential multiplication. Yes. I My went man. I went from shopping bag to Gucci bag. This is a prophecy. My life journey is an odyssey. Odyssey, it ain't a movie yet, but it ought to be. Ought to be my future stuff. Doubt it be. Not allowed to be. I declare it to be grace. Handle issues without haste. Indulge with moderation and taste. The temptations they take away with you and break. Into the wall it shakes until it crumbles and it's all falling down on your face. Will you make it away or be led astray? Hand your mind to the devil, let him make it his place. See, hell is a waste that lies behind that face. It sows seeds of destruction and it leaves no trace. But a true Lord leads with no disgrace. That's all that I'm saying. You do what you want anyway. Oh, man, that was gold. Awesome, man. I'm glad you did that. I love that. <laughs> I was wondering, are we going to get this guy to freestyle or what? Man. Yeah. So I, I give you guys a couple of nuggets in there, you know, yeah. mentorship, you know, duplication, you know, fighting against temptation, right? Being disciplined, all that. Absolutely, man. Where can everybody find you? Let's uh let's 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 get everybody on it. All right, guys, you can find me at Don Conquer, D-O-N-C-O-N-Q-U-E-R. That's my Instagram, my Snapchat, my Twitter. You know, www.donconquer.com. Um, that's something that uh, where you guys can find me, um, you know, building my YouTube channel that's centered around that as well. Love it, man. Don Conquer. That's a great name. And after hearing your story, it makes sense. Check them out. Brent Buffoni, Don Conquer. That was awesome, man. Appreciate you coming on the show, brother. Thank you for sharing your, uh, your story and giving some insight to everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Lance. I appreciate Elias for connecting us. You have a blessed day in Vancouver. Be well. Happy Friday. Have a good weekend. You too, man. You just finished another class at the University of Adversity. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and tune in again next time for more life lessons with Lance ECOs.